Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales, scale the business? <laughs> yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Before we start, I have to tell you about Hayley Merrick, Hormone Health Coach. She is the womb-wise woman, weaving two decades of clinical and natural health expertise to transform you from hormonal mess to hormone happiness, empowering you to release overwhelm, manage stress, and balance your hormones in a way that nourishes your mind, body, and soul. Providing 12-week coaching packages and online membership, visit loveyourcycles.co.uk for more details and to book your free trial session. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club. Today, I have Joe Bevelacqua joining me. Joe is a multiple business owner and best-selling author, so I'm so excited that she is here with me today. Hello, Joe. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Did I say your name right? You did, I'm very impressed. <laughs> I went in all confidently with the world's most complicated surname. Well, probably not the world's most complicated surname, but... I think it's up there, though, to be yeah. fair. You did it, very well. Yeah, it's not day, is it? <laughs> no, I always said I've got... My major name is Rafael, um, and when I was younger, that was always an issue for people to say. And I always remember thinking, when I grow up, I'm going to marry a Smith just so I don't have this issue and then I marry a Bavalacqua so go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody a little bit about you and your background in business. Yeah so it's been quite the journey um, so I first started my business or my first business probably about 11 and a half years ago um I had a background in sales then I retrained and did an apprenticeship in childcare. that was another passion of mine kind of nurturing people and kids um and whilst I was working in a nursery I um fell pregnant with my first daughter um and I very quickly realized that I didn't want to go back to work looking after other people's kids and have somebody else looking after mine um so I decided that I was probably going to take as long as I could off um and then my partner was working for somebody else at the time there was a bit of a dispute about paternity leave so um, being a bit hormonal and strong-headed as I am at the best of times, let alone when I'm pregnant, um, we decided that we were going to set up our own business. And my husband had done flooring since school and social media was quite a big thing back then. Your organic reach was amazing. And we decided to set that up. So we set up Hallmark Carpets and Flooring. We did it from our garage um, and that was pretty amazing. But after a couple of years, I realized that actually we were building a business that only could function really if he um, was at the forefront doing all the fitting and quoting. Um, and that if anything happened between us, obviously the business would pretty much be his. 
Um, and then I fell pregnant again with my second daughter, which was amazing. And whilst having my hair done at home under the kitchen sink with the mobile hairdresser, six months pregnant and a two-year-old hanging off my leg, I had the idea of um, a salon with a crash. And it was an idea that I could not get out of my head. I did loads of research. There was nothing really like it um, in the UK, let alone in my local area. And I just thought that if I needed it that desperately, then surely other people must need it. So spoke to a few friends about it. They were like, it's genius. Um, and yeah, that's where Serenity Loves was born, really. I wrote a 40-page business plan within, I think it was less than six weeks. Um, got a loan approved from the bank. Um, had the idea June 2011. My second daughter was born August 2011. I'd signed the lease by December 2011 and we were open by March 2012. So wow. pretty quick. Um, that was definitely the biggest thing that I'd ever done. Um, it, yeah, I think I was a bit naive to how much hard work it would be. Um, but we've been on an amazing journey since. We've been open for nine years. We've grown our team from, I think we started with six employees and our biggest, we went up to 16. Um, we were in the top 6% for turnover and, and team size in the whole of the UK with just one little salon in Peterborough and we are kind of up there with kind of the chains and stuff so yeah really exciting it's opened loads of amazing doors for me we've experienced massive highs massive lows um but I've grown so much as a person and a business owner um and then five years into that journey I decided to put a management team in there and step back um because really I was just getting in the way um all the time in the salon and um, so I decided to let them do what they did best um and took a step back so I was kind of semi-retired at 32 which sounds amazing on paper um but in reality as somebody that's always on the go and and needs to achieve something I actually got quite depressed um my kids were at school there was really not much to do during the day but I'll go to the gym all of my friends were still working um so yeah I'm not a real gym buddy so that wasn't something that excited me <laughs> so I thought I need something else to get my teeth into and lots of people had seen my journey so they'd asked to take me for lunch or for coffees and pick my brains and just ask a couple of questions <laughs> um and I quickly realized that actually there was something that was needed in our area and that was two things really mentoring somebody to guide people on their business journey and two a community um there was lots of different networking events um but there was nothing really solely for women um who wanted a business but also wanted a family and to juggle the two things and if there was, they didn't feel like there was anyone else out there like them. Um, so that's why we created the brand called The Unique Mompreneur. And that was where we supported women to start and grow their businesses while juggling childcare. Um, so we did that and then that was amazing. And then we rebranded last year under my own name um, and not necessarily working with mums now, but business owners in general really looking to help businesses to build those strong foundations and the fundamentals in business um, to take control and allow them to really grow the business that they want 
that suits them um, and their business and their lifestyle but helps them to really make sure that business is working for them rather than them working for their business which seems to happen quite a lot so yeah that was quite a long explanation I haven't done that for a while so <laughs> no it was good um so we met on clubhouse didn't we we did yeah, like house besties <laughs> Um, but it's really interesting for me because I probably haven't heard you talk about it in that much detail but I think that actually we're quite similar Um, and the thing that attracted me to you was the fact that you are a business owner helping other business owners and you know I've been running my own business since I was 21 and I always wish I had that I wish I had that person saying like here's what you need to do next and you can do it don't give up um because it's hard isn't it being a business owner being yeah I people say that being a mother is really difficult which it is don't get me wrong um but there's almost that unconditional love (laughs) between you and your child whereas with a business oh my goodness yeah there's so many trials and tribulations there's so many things that you need to think about all the decisions are on you you are the driver you have to show up regardless of whether you feel like it or not um and it is really difficult and you're right I didn't do I didn't even know what self-development was for the first seven years of my business journey Um, I never knew there was mentors out there. I never knew there was networking groups out there or or support bubbles or any of those stuff. I I was just oblivious. I was so head down in the doing and being reactive um, that business growth was really quite a fluke at the beginning. Um, And some would say I'm a natural business owner. I don't know. I think I'm a natural doer which got me to where I needed to be. But I know that if I had somebody behind me and as a mentor, like you say, saying, this is what you need to do next, or this is what you need to think about. I know that I probably would have reached those milestones a hell of a lot earlier. Um, It may have been a lot easier uh, and I probably wouldn't have wasted as much money or time or energy or tears (laughs) trying to work everything out for myself. So yeah, I think that's kind of the pivotal reason I think why mentoring just came so organically to me because it was something that I needed um, and I didn't want people to go through the the same heartaches and struggles that I did and I guess you're the same. Yeah, totally. So I started my personal development journey, if you like, at the end of 2018 Um, and 2019 was an absolutely transformational year for me. And then obviously 2020 was 2020. We'll glaze over that one. But I say like the the amount I've achieved in the last two and a half, three years has been phenomenal compared to the last 10 years that I've been running a business. And if I'd have started it earlier, I, you know, I don't know where I'd be right now. But then on the flip side, I think to me myself, like, well, at least I started it in 2019. But how did you start your your personal development journey? How did you sort of... Yeah, so I had somebody... Um, approached me about kind of community and stuff um in Peterborough as well and they'd done a lot of work in London and in corporate and 
they were kind of mentoring and coaching and stuff is very much part of their world whereas it probably wasn't so much in the entrepreneurial world um and I remember her saying to me yeah someone pays me a thousand pound a day to coach them and I was like that's just mental um she was like but obviously like I want to do that for free I want to help you so she came to my to my house and we did a little bit of goal setting and kind of limiting beliefs and things like that and I just remember her saying uh, me saying to her I just don't really get it I think because I was just so self-motivated and I was so engrossed in the doing I just I wasn't my mindset wasn't in the right place and I just I remember I probably offended her to be fair I'm really sorry if she ever listened to this like I just remember saying to her I can't believe someone pays you a thousand pound a day to do this (laughs) it's it's mental (laughs) um so we didn't have another session (laughs) Was she hoping um, that you were going to pay her? Maybe. <laughs> maybe down like that. You didn't even want to do it free. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking back, everything that she went through was right. I think she probably went in a little bit too deep, too quickly with mm-hmm. me. I think that was probably what it was. But so, yeah, that was kind of my first experience of self development, I guess. Um, and then I was on a hen weekend in Amsterdam. And um, the weather was horrific. It literally was so windy and it rained the whole four days we were there. It was awful. Um, so when we were flying home, we there was delay. So we were delayed for about four hours because of the weather. Um, so there's a lot of sitting around in the airport. And then the bride-to-be says, oh, I'm going to go and have a look at what business books are in WH Smith. And this is how naive I was. I was like, oh, business books? <laughs> okay, let's go and have a look. And um. I remember like picking up these books and WH Smith. I was like, no, boring, 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 boring. And then I picked up Shah Wasman's book, um, which was Do Less, Get More. And um, as somebody who is a delegator, I by kind of my natural um, personality is somebody that loves to delegate. Um, I thought, oh, I like the sound of this. And I started reading the first couple of pages and I was hooked. It was just such easy reading. Um, everything that was in the first few pages resonated. So um, I think by the time we landed, I pretty much read the whole book. Um, and I thought, I really love the sound of this woman. So I followed her on social media, saw that she'd done an event. Um, I didn't even know what the event was, but I was like, I know that I need to be at the next one. Um, so stalked her a little bit on social media, um, went to one of her events, which was all about um, taking your knowledge and turning it into like online courses um and yeah that was kind of the start of my personal kind of development and moving more into this world um and she was great for me she was like you've accumulated so much like you say real life business knowledge and experience um that you can then help other people grow their businesses um so yeah so then I put an online course together and and that's really kind of where the community stemmed from and and since then yeah, I've read lots of books and audibles, been to a few events. Um, I think it's really important. I feel like I need to spend more time on self-development for sure. Um, but I think it's about being self-aware, isn't it? And and when you find when you find yourself at a standstill, it's actually questioning yourself, why are you there? Why can't you move forward? 
um, and how do we make that better and, and how can we overcome that and push your business forward so I think it's interesting because like I always say to my community like I can I can tell you all of the things that I do I can give you the advice but at the end of the day if you're not going to take action on it if you're not going to do the things then you're not going to get any further along like there's loads of information on the internet for free but I'm there to go like have you done it are you doing it but it sounds like you've just got that naturally in your yeah I think so I feel like I've always been like I've had a, a real roller coaster of a personal journey and business journey um, and I guess fundamentally it comes down to my belief that no one's going to give you anything like you have to go and work for it we're not entitled to another day another breath of any money from anyone else like we have to go out there and do it um, and the older we get we realize maybe this is cynical everybody's priority is themselves so you have to make yourself a priority um and you have to make sure that if you want something you are the one that has to go out and get it because why should anybody else give you give you anything <laughs> that you want and if, if you're not going to work for it um and fear of failure is a huge thing for me <laughs> like I I'm I guess quite proud I've got we've got a bit of an ego that if I do something I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and I'm going to make sure that it's going to work um and I think that's the only thing that kept me going in the really tough times of the salon there were so many times where I wanted to give it up I'm not going to lie where we had staff issues or we were hacked or do you know what I mean there was maybe money issues at the beginning and where we didn't get our pricing right and you felt like you were working for nothing like there's so many lows but actually the one thing that kept me going was I it can't fail like I know that it has the potential I just need to change my thinking or or change my actions to make sure that it is going to work because I don't want one person turning around to me and saying oh I knew it wasn't going to work yeah and like my ego is way too much people, people used to say to me in the beginning what are you going to do if it doesn't work out and I'd always be like what <laughs> it offends me that you're even thinking that but then on the flip side sometimes I talk to people and um I was talking to somebody who's starting their entrepreneurial journey and and she said if it doesn't work out I'll do this and I you just think oh god if you've got that option you know the resilience that just getting up and because you will fail we all fail along the way but it's how quickly you get up and recover from that fail yeah absolutely oh my god yeah absolutely and uh, yeah I had the same question like what's your plan b I'm like why would I put energy into a plan b when I could put that energy into plan a and making sure it works like if you've got a plan b deep down you you know that it's going to fail yeah it's like, like you know that time believe. yeah you don't even believe it's gonna work so put that time and that energy into sorting out your plan b and put that into your plan a and make sure that it works <laughs> because you need every ounce of time and energy and motivation to make sure that plan a works so let's not plan take b any of that away is to continue with plan a yeah <laughs> that's that. that is brilliant i'm writing that down so <laughs> Um, so talk to us about the book. Oh, the book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Forgot um, about that book. She didn't mention I know. that. <laughs> I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I think I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, so, yeah. So working with, obviously, primarily women. And I'm a real girl's girl anyway. Like, 
I love being around women. I love the conversations. I love the openness. I love the vulnerability that women share personally and professionally. Um, so working a lot with women the last few years and having lots of girlfriends, um, the same things just kept coming up time after time after time. So that was like mum guilt, um, all the pressures, all the responsibilities that we all feel on a day-to-day basis. Um, the fact that everything and everyone is a priority above ourselves. Um, and the same things just, just kept coming up again and again, the same conversations. I just thought, I'm just going to write a book about it because rather than saying it a hundred times a week, I'm just going to write a book. And then if people want to hear my opinions on them, I can just send them the book. Um, so yeah, in lockdown last year, obviously my salon got closed um, due to um, COVID. So I had a bit more extra time on my hands and I just knew that COVID was going to have this massive effect on women um, with childcare, homeschooling, trying to work, trying to run your business, all of the things that go with that. Um, and I just knew it was going to have a long lasting effect. Um, so I just thought there's no better time than to get this book out there. So it's called No Longer Last on the List. Um, and it is for the tired woman who is overwhelmed with everything that they've got to do day to day, week to week. It's for the woman that has probably maybe lost themselves a little bit, um, that has limiting beliefs, that actually feels or has been conditioned to believe that when you have kids, that's it, like your life is over. Um, and I feel like I'm the advocate to say the opposite. My life really began when I had my kids and I've achieved so much since I've had them. They're my reason, um, not my excuse as to why I've done everything that I've done in the last 11 years. Um, and that actually you can push back on people and, and you can ask for help and you do need that support around you. Um, and that you're only one human and you can't be expected to do everything all of the time. So. That's kind of the bare bones. We talk through a lot of different things um, in the book. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, we describe it as a self-growth book. So it's about hopefully going on a bit of a journey throughout the book and you will learn things and you will grow as a person. Your confidence will grow um, and your ability to hopefully put yourself higher up on that priority list. So yeah, it's been pretty incredible. We... Um, we are an Amazon bestseller, which was great. Um, yeah, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, so it is, it's great. And, and hearing some of the stories from people that have read it um, and the changes that they've made from reading the book is incredible. So, yeah. So I've really always been quite open with my audience about uh, where, because I was an entrepreneur before I had um, Ernie and afterwards, obviously, when I was pregnant with him, I was running a party business, a theatre school and phonics with Robot Reg. And you don't have a clue, do you, when you're pregnant? Like not one single clue about what is going to happen. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. You know, someone will look after my baby and I'll just do my parties, do my my theatre school and, and do phonics with Robot Reg, which was literally about to franchise at the time when I had him. And I really, really struggled when I had him. I really struggled to understand how I was going to do the two things. Um, and it took me until he was 18 months old and I literally woke up one morning and I was like I'm just not going to feel guilty all of that guilt that people are telling me to, that I should feel 
I'm just going to say, no, I'm not feeling it. Like if I'm working and somebody else is looking after my child, then that's fine. And if I'm looking after my child and I'm taking days off, then that's fine. And, you know, whatever I decide to do is fine. And it was like a huge weight just like lifted off my shoulders. Oh my God. Yeah, I absolutely resonate. I do still feel like people are determined to make you feel guilty about your choices and you know Ernie's starting school in September and it's like are you going to put him into after school care are you going to be there to pick him up are you going to be there on breakfast club have you decided what that looks like because you think you've got five days a week but actually it's very short and actually they need a lot of support when they go to school and and you just think why do people do that to you you know I made that very big decision when he was 18 months old that I wasn't going to feel guilty but still people try and and push you in that direction and sometimes it can be people who are the most close to you who do that how do you deal with with that have you got any advice for people who feel guilty about working or or feel that mum guilt what I was going to say can we swear on this podcast (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Um, yeah just tell them to do one yeah their opinions really I just think um there's a quote that I saw a couple of years ago and it's always stuck with me. It's something along the lines of um, people's opinions don't pay my bills. And that's really stuck with me because I know as a parent that I would never make a decision to harm my kids. Like everything that I do is to make the life of my kids better. Like mm. everything that I'm doing is not just for myself because it is for me. This makes me happy. I love my work. I love being busy. I love being challenged. But really, I'm creating a legacy for my kids. Like, I'm I'm creating a life that really I could only have dreamed of when I was younger. Like, we've gone all over the world. They get to stay in lovely hotels. They've got great relationships with their family. They get to do lots of clubs that they've really excelled in. None of that could have happened if I didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I just feel that, honestly, mum guilt is something I could talk about all day. Um, I honestly believe that when we give birth to kids, like we give birth to a child, we give birth to placenta, and then we give birth to mummy guilt. It's just this label that seems to be on us, that we should do this and we shouldn't do that. And from the very beginning, we have to change our lifestyle from the minute that we find out that we're pregnant and it's all to do with our kids and everything is down to us when it comes to our child and it's it's not at the end of the day we have to do our best for our children but we have to do the best for ourselves too and we wouldn't want our kids to sacrifice who they are or what they want for anybody else so why should we like we need to set that example and you're so right like I had somebody and I I would never name who it was but when we set up the business which was obviously the flooring business um, it was all praise for my husband that we were so brave to do that. He was taking responsibility for his family and, and not having anyone else dictate to him when he could and couldn't work and how much he was going to earn. And it was all praise. And then I decided I was going to set up my business standalone. And honestly, the questions that I got asked, which is ridiculous, not one of those questions were ever directed at my husband. But the one that hit me the most was when somebody said to me, why don't you just want to be a good mum? <laughs> like, okay, I think you need to leave now. Um, 
being a business owner or wanting to have a career does not mean that you are being a bad mum. It means that you are providing for your kids. You are doing what you love. You are making sure that you are financially stable or independent. But you're also not a bad thing. You're setting. You're paving the way, right? You're saying you can do this as well. You can be a, a hardworking business owner. Like, how is that not anything other than absolutely amazing? Oh, absolutely. And we've, I mean, you can, if you ever met my kids, you will see like my eldest, especially when she was at reception, they had like a role play area and she set up like a whole salon and she was doing all of this stuff and she's very entrepreneurial as is my youngest one they have great leadership skills they're great at problem solving they are good they could be better sometimes with their communication especially (laughs) when they're tired or frustrated but they have great communication skills and to me they're the real skills that people need for for real life it's not about necessarily algebra or learning latin or any of those other things to actually survive in real life to be good at business to really thrive in life those are the skills that you need problem solving communication being positive being adaptable they're the things that i'm teaching my kids by being a business owner i'm also teaching them that life isn't all about rainbows and unicorns like it's difficult there's some times where we've had something planned and work takes over e.g. Mother's Day last year I spent my Mother's Day last year 2020 closing down my salon and packing everything up like that is real life and it's not all lovely all of the time and I think sometimes that we all need a bit of a reality check um but actually what you can get through the hardest times of your life they they saw the stress that I was under they saw all of that and actually they're they're so much more empathetic than many of the adults that I know and they're very positive in saying that do you know what mommy I know that you can this is going to be okay um so yeah it's it's a whole heap of things that you are teaching your kids there's been amazing things that have happened I've been invited to the house of lords a number of times I've been invited to Buckingham Palace they're all things that have happened from setting up my businesses and giving back to the community so actually it's about working hard making a difference having an impact helping people helping yourself and actually you'll be rewarded in amazing ways and that's not a bad thing like it's okay to to want more than just being a parent Uh, one of the my favorite things that you have ever said um (laughs) we were talking about self-care and um you said self-care isn't about having a bath you know, we're talking about personal hygiene there. <laughs> and I was just, it's the small things, isn't it? When you're building a relationship with someone, I was just like, oh my God, that is so true. But, I love that. So but like, you know, I, I think, I think that that illustrates how far down on the list mums have and mums do put themselves if they're taking 15 minutes out to have a shower or half an hour out to have a bath if that is you know is their self-care is their looking after themselves yeah that's basic hygiene like yeah. come on that's not a treat for a woman to have a freaking shower or a bath do you know what I mean like <laughs> let's get realistic now like self-care 
is around having those boundaries. It's about saying no when you want to say no. And it's about saying yes when you want to say yes. It's about putting your own needs above everybody else's. It's about having those healthy relationships and not sticking with partners or friends or family out of what you think is loyalty, even though they're toxic. Like that's real self-care to me. And self-care is, is getting up and doing what you want to do and what you enjoy every single day. And if that's saying no to people, if that's saying no to your kids, like, don't get me wrong, I love playing with my kids. I'm a nursery nurse. I'm a big kid at heart. But there's sometimes I don't want to play the games. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not going to kill myself and make myself feel guilty because I've said no. Like, no is not a bad answer. Like, no is a word. So we just need to get super clear on what it is that we want, where do we want to go, how are we going to get there, and making sure that we don't feel bad about it. Totally. I love that. If you haven't read Joe's book, you need to go and check it out because it is fabulous. Um, So in terms of running your own business, and obviously now you do lots of masterminds and stuff like that, talk to us about what you think you need to be a successful business owner obviously we've spoken already about taking action but what what other tips have you got that you can share with um, my listeners oh god I could be here all day I love this my favorite topic um so yeah I would say there's some really fundamentals that you need to have so um something that I did wrong straight from the beginning at Serenity was getting my pricing wrong so I didn't understand my numbers enough. Um, I wanted to be good value. I wanted to be competitive. And it's something that I told myself and something I hear a lot, especially when somebody kind of starts out or is at the beginning of their journey or maybe works from home. They'll give themselves the excuse that they need to be cheaper because they've just started or they haven't got a team and they're a solopreneur. So that justifies being cheap. Um, but what I would say is the more successful businesses or the the more established businesses have those prices for a reason. Um, And that actually, if you want to grow your business, um, I would say that your pricing needs to be on par with that from the very beginning, that you don't give any less value than they do. You're just newer onto the market and that's okay. Um, So I would say absolutely nail your numbers from the beginning um always kind of do them as worst case scenarios so if you so for example when I opened the salon I was like oh I priced it all up and it's going to cost me 20 grand to open it it actually cost me 60 grand to open it. so whatever figures you think you have in your head and or on paper like at least double or triple them for sure because there'll always be these hidden extras that you've not thought about or inflation or or all of these things it's like when you buy a house or or do your house that there's always hidden costs so really really try and nail your numbers as much as possible don't have your usp as being the cheapest nobody wants you to work with them like i don't want people to work with me because i'm the cheapest i want people to work with me because i'm the best and And i'm great at what i I do i never buy anything cheap like do you know what I mean you don't go into a shop like I always say this when when we had Ernie my husband would be like well just buy the most expensive car seat it must be the best and I was like well I'm not quite sure that's how it works but but you need to think about yourself like in the market do you want to be the cheap thing because if I see something cheap I think 
it's cheap. below <laughs> average. Yeah, it's yeah. not the best. It's so, you know, do you want to be the best? Do you want to be leading or do you want to be the bottom? Yeah. And by getting your prices right, it allows you to grow into that as well. So what happens is people base their numbers on themselves and only themselves. And as you know, as a solopreneur, you have to wear so many different hats. Um, and then when you start to bring people in to help you with that, if your pricing isn't right, you haven't got the margin in to actually have people to help you. And it's a lot harder to increase your prices and to set them at a higher price in the first place. Um, so that's definitely something I learned with the salon um, is really, really nail your numbers. Um, and don't wait until your end of year to look at your numbers, like look at them quarterly, look at them monthly, look at them weekly if you need to. Um, really, really stay on top of them because they would tell you what you need to know about your business. Um, so that's definitely one. Um, with mindset, I would definitely say it's about doing that self-development. So regardless of whether that's reading books or whether that's listening to audible, whether that's being part of a peer-to-peer mastermind group, whether that's getting a mentor, being part of a membership, um, all of those things, because you only know what you know, um, and you need to work on your mindset and you need to work on your business um, knowledge as well at the same time. So as I said earlier, you are the main driver for your business. So everything comes down to you. And, and if you're, if you've got money mindset issues, for example, then you're only going to reach a certain ceiling. So you, you might need to work on that. Or if you've got low confidence or you've got imposter syndrome, then you need to work on that because you're only going to put yourself out there so much when actually if you put yourself out there a lot more and you're a lot more visible, you could be pushing your business into new heights. So don't be the biggest problem in your business. Like you need to work on your mindset for sure. And I think that this is something that I've only realized recently um, is that you don't, you don't need to, to be the one who does everything like that is crazy that I only realized that recently because it's quite <laughs> obvious but um what I mean by that as well is like I have always learned how to do something and then outsourced it which previously has always been my advice to people like for example with Facebook ads I learned how to do them they were working really well for the for us and then we outsourced them now we could have never afforded to outsource them um, before that but when the pandemic hit I could actually take them back over and I could manage them again at a cheaper cost because that was like one of the biggest outgoings for us but as you get bigger and bigger you can't do that you can't continue to learn and then pass on learn and then pass on you need to go actually you are the right person for this and and that's what I've learned over the sort of the last six months that I need more people to make this ship go. yeah and as an entrepreneur as a business owner you should always be thinking strategically so you should always be thinking about your long-term goals and your short-term goals and what projects you're working on and what's going to make the business money and what needs changing um you can't do that productively if you're always being reactive to the emails or the content that's going out on social media or customer inquiries or issues or 
staff problems or invoices like you can't because your head is so full of the doing you can't think productively about the actual growing of your business so something I've said for years is it as a business owner you should be working on your business at least one day a week people are like oh really if I get a couple of days a year then that's I think that's great I'm like no you should be working on your business at least one day a week because otherwise you're just going to get stagnant and that's not good for any business so I've always been great and I suppose by default I kind of had to rely on other people to do the doing so my husband would do the doing as would the other fitters that worked for him I couldn't do that so I had to always think strategically with the salon again I'm not a hairdresser I'm not a beautician I'm a business owner if you'd have learned how to lay floors and started doing that you imagine <laughs> you know what? it's quite funny when we went to Buckingham Palace the first thing we did when we walked through was like oh the carpets need doing <laughs> how sad is that Brilliant. <laughs> um, down right there and then <laughs> left some business cards <laughs> let me just get my kicker out the car um so yeah it's I suppose by default I learned very quickly that I have to delegate and that there's always going to be people out there that are better at things than me. I mean, I have no idea about websites or Facebook ads or I think any of those things. So I, I guess for a lot of people, they would have come into it from a different angle and um, like been a hairdresser and then opened a salon. Like for Absolutely. me, I was the phonics teacher before I sort of franchised it out. So it's quite, it's, it's interesting to talk to people who've come at it from different angles, because sometimes I think people who think that they've got a business, and I say this in the nicest way possible, don't actually have a business. They've just created a job for themselves. 100%, 100%. And this is something that we got a lot when I was opening the salon. There were so many hairdressers and beauticians. And a couple said it to my face, and a lot of people said it behind my back that it would never work because I'm not a hairdresser or a beautician that there's no way that I could make this salon work because I don't understand the industry I'm not experienced in it blah yada 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 well nine years later I think I've done a pretty incredible job to be fair we're one of the biggest salons in our area like we're known nationwide like we've won some incredible awards like I think we've done okay but that's because I've to every single one of those people and said put that in your pipe and smoke it <laughs> yeah. that's a lot nicer than I would have said it but I get I get I get where they came from absolutely um but to me the fundamentals of business are the same and that's why I put together this whole kind of trademark system that's why I work with people from all different industries I don't just work with people that have salons I don't just work with people that have flooring businesses like I, we have HR advisors, we've got um, dog trainers, we have got a couple of salons, we've got manufacturers, we've got mindfulness people, we've got um, marketing um, consultants, like it's wide, the wide range of industries that we work with because the fundamentals are the same. I always um, say the same thing. People say to me, are you for product-based businesses or service-based businesses? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's the same same stuff that you need to be focusing on absolutely so our like whole trademark system is money which obviously I talked about earlier you need to know your numbers and we teach you how to do that work on your mindset work on your marketing then we talk about kind of time team and tech so 
to me, they're the six pillars that you need to concentrate on to start and grow and scale any business. Like if you've got all of those six areas nailed, like you're doing good. You can work your way up to stepping away from the business if that's what you wanted to do or do the parts in the business that you really enjoy. So for me, that's being the visionary. I love coming up with the ideas. I love seeing opportunities. I love helping people and solving problems. And I love the delivery, especially in the mentoring business. What I don't like doing is any of that stuff in between. And that's what, again, lots of business owners want. They want to do the working on the business. They want to have the, they want to do the fun stuff. No one starts their business to work 70 hours a week for minimum wage. But that's what everybody does. That's where they end up. But that's because they're not working on the business. They're trying to just do everything all of the time. So So you're sort of known for doing masterminds. That is your big thing. Why, Why masterminds? Why do you think they work so well? Oh my God, yeah, they are absolutely my favorite things to do. Um, I think it's a combination of a few things. Um, I feel that when you work with the same people month in, month out, because it's a minimum of six month um, program, which I think we're going to change to a minimum of 12 months, I think, to get really get the kind of effects. Um, but when you work month in, month out with the same people, so that's me and the other people in your mastermind group, you really get to know each other's businesses inside out um, and you get to know each other inside out as well. So you can call out the bullshit and the excuses much easier when you know somebody, um, which is quite funny. That happens quite a lot. Um, but yeah, it's someone described it as um, it's like having your own board of directors without the payroll, which is amazing because you have, because we don't really have any more than eight in a group um so you've got kind of seven other people that are well aware of your business well aware of you well aware of where you want to go and what you want to achieve and they all have different skill sets and experiences and ideas of how to help you get there so one person might be super knowledgeable about how to grow your team or how to manage your team there might be somebody else that's really great at marketing there might be somebody else that's really good at money and there's the one person that have might have made this mistake or that mistake or this has worked really well. So you get that accumulation of the people in the room that's guiding you and supporting you on your business journey. Um, and I think because you're so open and vulnerable in that room, the relationships formed are priceless. I mean, we go on holiday together now. Like we've been to Ibiza, we've been to Greece. Like these people have become really, really, really good friends because there's conversations that happen in that room that don't happen anywhere else. So when you're the business owner, we said earlier, you're the one that has to make all the decision. You're the one with everything on your shoulders. You're the one that has to try and keep everyone else happy and keep all of these plates spinning. When actually you can come into this mastermind group and say, do you know what, I've had a really crap month this month and this person's doing my head in or they want this or this isn't working or I can't quite grasp that like help me and people help you and there's no judgment there's no ego there's no anything um so I think that's the real magic um and the fact that a couple of the groups have been going for four years is testament as to how special that that is 
Um, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, in in uh, the clubhouse rooms and and things like that, I don't, clubhouse comes to mind here that people say, you know, you can just be who you want. You can, but really, you don't know. You do not have a clue what is going on in someone's business. They can stand up and say, I turn over six figures or I took 10K last month or I've got this amazing team or I've won this award. But you don't know what is going on. You don't know if that business is successful. You don't know if it's about to close down. Whereas with a mastermind group what I've found is like you lay your cards on the table and be like this is where I'm at this is my actual business and people help you and people support you and it's just it's magic it is magic like I really find it difficult to explain how special it is and people are almost dubious and they I think some people might think it's a cult because you become each other's biggest fans they're like is there this weird cult going on but that is what it is like those people in those mastermind groups are each other's biggest fans like they pick you up when you are your absolute lowest and they champion you when you have achieved amazing stuff because like we said earlier people humans are strange like you would think that the people around you would want to see you succeed but some people really don't um and as business owners we hide our wins because we don't want to be seen as braggy whereas in our mastermind groups like we really are each other's biggest cheerleaders um the biggest support network you will you'll ever come across but also you then have your business development as well. So, okay, these are your six month goals. How are we going to break that down? How are we going to achieve it? Um, what do we need to do? Who do we need to bring in? What do we need to work on? Um, and let's make sure that you hit those goals because that's what it's being, that's what it's about. It's about being accountable as well. And this is again, something that we come across um, in businesses that a lot of business owners are very strong-headed and the reason they go into self-employment is because they don't want to be accountable they don't want to have anyone looking over them and and things like that but actually as humans we need that and we crave it so when we become business owners and we're not accountable to anybody we don't hit the goals a lot of the time that we want to we don't push ourselves out of our comfort zone we don't achieve everything that we need to achieve we do get stuck in the doing um, and all of those things and then you kind of like you say you end up with this job and there's no one to tell you that you're you need to improve this or actually you need to do this or have you done this and if you haven't why not let them pick it um so yeah I think as humans we need that accountability um and business owners need to get over their ego a little bit and their fear of that and just reach out for help it's so true. There's nothing that motivates me more than sharing my sales target with someone else who then knows like my audacious goal. And I'm like, right now I've said it, I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. There is so much to be said, isn't there, for making something come out of your mouth and you are accountable for it and you've committed to it. That's the other thing, isn't it? I'm going to commit to selling so many places at my workshop I'm going to commit to calling this many people I'm going to commit to going live you've made that commitment and those people are going to support you and encourage you every single step of the way and actually if those things are good for your business and you don't do them let some pick why you haven't done it you don't want to be visible you're scared of picking up the phone you don't know what to say there's always reasons why we don't want to do things but you're never going to ask yourself those questions 
It's so true. So true. Joe, there are always three questions that I ask at the end of every single podcast. Are you ready? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Who inspires you? Uh, I would be really cheesy and say my kids. Like, they literally changed my life. Um, I was a massive party girl. Um, Yeah, a bit of a rebel growing up, to be fair. Um, And, yeah, getting pregnant the day I found that out, I found that out, changed my life. Um, And I really had to get my shit together. (laughs) Um, So, and the fact that my youngest, is um she's just so unapologetically herself like that inspires me more than anything which is quite challenging sometimes but I admire her so much she dresses how she wants to dress she says what she wants to say she doesn't want to do something she won't do it um so the fact that she is so unapologetically herself makes me braver to be the same. So yeah, my kids definitely inspire me. I love that. And what about a book that you have read that's changed the way you think? Yeah, so I would go back to the one I spoke about at the beginning, which was Shah Wasman's um, Do Less, Get More. I think one, because it was probably my first real self-development book that I'd read and it opened up a whole new world to me. But two, it's just easy reading um, and yeah, it just changed my mindset. It made me really kind of acknowledge that being different and wanting to make an impact is not weird um, and that actually you just step into who you are and, and yeah, take action and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And what about a piece of advice for a fellow entrepreneur? I mean, you've shared so much advice, but (laughs) go on. Um, So yeah, if I would say anything, it would be nail your numbers um, from as early on as possible. And I would love to know if anyone listening to this then goes and looks at their numbers. I would really, really love to hear that. Um, And to get yourself a really strong support network um, in business because they are the ones that will pick you up and champion you on they are worth their weight in gold um so yeah get a get a peer group for sure um joe thank you so much you are fabulous tell people where they can find you if they want to follow you and just chat to you and have all this goodness on a daily basis oh I love you thank you um so they can follow me on social media I've got a Facebook page Joe Bevelacqua we've got a group called She Leads um I'm on Instagram uh Twitter not so much um Clubhouse yeah yeah, not so much recently (laughs) well yeah for anyone that doesn't know me and Charlie loved to be a clubhouse at the beginning of the year um but yeah I realized that I've actually got businesses to run I can't sit on there all day um so yeah on clubhouse now and then um but definitely reach out to me on Facebook Instagram like I love meeting new people I love helping people I love kind of championing them and being their cheerleader as well so and go and read Joe's book. I know some of the girls in my membership bought your book after hearing you on Clubhouse and they were all chatting about it in there and they absolutely love it. So if you haven't read Joe's book, go and buy it. I definitely recommend it. 
Ah, thank you so much. Amazing. Oh, thanks for having me, Charlie. Thank you. You were fabulous. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. If you're not already a member of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club, then why the heck not? It's my free Facebook group. Come and join. There's a link below. I'm always sharing tips and advice on how to grow and scale your business and make more sales. So come and join the fun. Do you feel confused about marketing? Are you fed up of feeling invisible and getting little or no interaction on your social posts? If you want to get better at marketing your business, come and join my free Facebook group, You Can Do Marketing. It's a friendly community where I share tons of easy to follow and action marketing tips to help you grow an audience who want to buy from you. So who am I? I'm Claire Black, mum of two, and I help women who love the business they're in, but feel like they're wasting too much time on marketing and just not getting anywhere. I teach you step by step the marketing skills that you need to go from feeling confused about marketing to confident and crushing it. So what are you waiting for? It's time to let the business you love flourish. Join my Facebook group, You Can Do Marketing. See you in there.